Welcome to the Mayhem Porium, the podcast that delves into the world of the spooky, the bizarre, and the macabre. Join us as we explore true crime stories that will send shivers down your spine and uncover mysteries that will keep you guessing until the very end. Our episodes will take you on a journey through the dark and twisted world of the unexplained, featuring topics ranging from haunted houses and ghostly encounters to unsolved crimes and strange occurrences. So sit back, relax, and get ready for a thrill ride as we unravel the mysteries of the unknown. Welcome to Mayhem Porium. The hikers had fled in a panic despite the freezing temperatures outside. Further down the mountain, the bodies of the hikers were found scattered and disfigured. Some had broken bones, some had internal injuries, as if they had been hit by a powerful force. Others had burns and abrasions, and one woman was missing her tongue. The strangest detail of all of this was that some of the hikers were found wearing only their underwear, despite the sub-zero temperatures outside. So, what happened to the hikers that night? The official investigation concluded that they had died from hypothermia after they got lost and were exposed to the elements. That explains the funny detail about them taking off their clothes, because that's one of the things you do when you get hypothermia. However, the explanation of hypothermia has been widely widely criticized by experts, and they argue that the injuries sustained by them couldn't have been caused by just hypothermia alone. Some theories suggest that the hikers may have been attacked by a wild animal, or that they stumbled upon a secret military operation in the area. And others believe that they were the victims of a government conspiracy, or even that they encountered supernatural forces. Now, I've read several books about this incident, and there are um, some really great podcasts that do an in-depth analysis of this. I think it's one of the most interesting unsolved cases in the world that I've heard about. Now, I have read that they have done a reinvestigation and have come to different conclusions, but there was some pretty strong information for it possibly having been that they stumbled on a government outpost there on the mountain on the mountain but who knows it's still pretty pretty interesting now back stateside here there have been some similar cases of unexplained deaths and disappearances particularly in here in the Pacific Northwest the most famous of these cases even though it takes some looking to find it is probably the case of the missing 411 in which dozens of hikers have gone missing under bizarre circumstances in national parks across the country. There's an author named David Paulides, and he has extensively researched these cases in his book, and he suggests that there may be a pattern of disappearances and deaths that has yet to be explained. Many of these cases share eerie similarities, such as the victim's unexplained disappearances and especially the lack of clues left behind. And these disappearances are concentrated here in the Pacific Northwest because the rugged wilderness and vast expanses of forest here provide ample opportunity for hikers and campers to get lost. 
In many of these cases, search and rescue teams have just been unable to find any traces of the missing people, even after extensive search efforts. What makes these cases even more mysterious is the strange circumstances surrounding some of the deaths that have been discovered. There is one case on the other side of the country. A young boy named Dennis Martin disappeared in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park in Tennessee in 1969. Dennis Martin was a six-year-old boy. He was with his family on a camping trip when he vanished without a trace. Despite an intensive search effort involving over 1,400 people, including they had helicopters, they had search dogs, and even military personnel, no trace of Dennis was ever found. The circumstances of this disappearance are super mysterious and very unsettling. According to some reports, he was playing hide-and-seek with his brother and sister and some other children when he just vanished. His father and the other adults in the party, they just searched and searched immediately, but they weren't able to find him at all. The search effort continued for several weeks, but no trace of Dennis has ever been found. Interestingly, and this is a, a weird note, some hikers in the area reported hearing a strange inhuman whistle in the hours and days following Dennis's disappearance. Some have suggested that his whistle may have been connected to Dennis's disappearance, although there is no concrete evidence to support this theory. Similar reports of strange noises and unexplained phenomena have been reported in other cases as well. In some instances, the bodies of missing people have been found in really confusing and inexplicable locations, like on a mountaintop or in a river that should have been impossible to access. Some victims have even been found with strange injuries, like missing clothing, missing shoes, or even missing organs. The first of these other disappearances is the disappearance of Keith Parkins. In October 1952, Keith was 32 and he was a minor. He went on a hike by himself in the Mount St. Helens area of Washington. He was a pretty experienced hiker. He'd made this trip many, many times before. However, when he failed to return, they organized a search party. And they tried and tried and really went to extensive efforts, but no trace of Parkins has ever been found. The search was hampered by some heavy snowfall and a lack of the proper equipment, but even after the snow melted, no signs of Parkins were ever discovered. Some people have speculated that he may have even been taken by a Bigfoot-like creature known as the Sasquatch, or even abducted by extraterrestrials. Who knows? The hikers had fled in a panic despite the freezing temperatures outside. Further down the mountain, the bodies of the hikers were found scattered and disfigured. Some had broken bones, some had internal injuries, as if they had been hit by a powerful force. Others had burns and abrasions, and one woman was missing her tongue. The strangest detail of all of this was that some of the hikers were found wearing only their underwear, despite the sub-zero temperatures outside. So, what happened to the hikers that night? The official investigation concluded that they had died from hypothermia after they got lost and were exposed to the elements. 
that explains the funny detail about them taking off their clothes because that's one of the things you do when you get hypothermia. However, the explanation of hypothermia has been widely, widely criticized by experts and they argue that the injuries sustained by them couldn't have been caused by just hypothermia alone. Some theories suggest that the hikers may have been attacked by a wild animal or that they stumbled upon a secret military operation in the area. And others believe that they were the victims of a government conspiracy or even that they encountered supernatural forces. Now, I've read several books about this incident, and there are um, some really great podcasts that do an in-depth analysis of this. I think it's one of the most interesting unsolved cases in the world that I've heard about. Now, I have read that they have done a reinvestigation and have come to different conclusions, but there was some pretty strong information for it possibly having been that they stumbled on a government outpost there on the mountain on the mountain but who knows it's still pretty pretty interesting now back stateside here there have been some similar cases of unexplained deaths and disappearances particularly in here in the pacific northwest the most famous of these cases even though it takes some looking to find it is probably the case of the missing 411 in which dozens of hikers have gone missing under bizarre circumstances in national parks across the country. There's an author named David Paulides, and he has extensively researched these cases in his book, and he suggests that there may be a pattern of disappearances and deaths that has yet to be explained. Many of these cases share eerie similarities, such as the victim's unexplained disappearances and especially the lack of clues left behind. And these disappearances are concentrated here in the Pacific Northwest because the rugged wilderness and vast expanses of forest here provide ample opportunity for hikers and campers to get lost. In many of these cases, search and rescue teams have just been unable to find any traces of the missing people, even after extensive search efforts. What makes these cases even more mysterious is the strange circumstances surrounding some of the deaths that have been discovered. There is one case on the other side of the country. A young boy named Dennis Martin disappeared in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park in Tennessee in 1969. Dennis Martin was a six-year-old boy. He was with his family on a camping trip when he vanished without a trace. Despite an intensive search effort involving over 1,400 people, including they had helicopters, they had search dogs, and even military personnel. No trace of Dennis was ever found. The circumstances of this disappearance are super mysterious and very unsettling. According to some reports, he was playing hide-and-seek with his brother and sister and some other children when he just vanished. His father and the other adults in the party, they just searched and searched immediately, but they weren't able to find him at all. The search effort continued for several weeks, but no trace of Dennis has ever been found. Interestingly, and this is a a weird note, some hikers in the area reported hearing a strange inhuman whistle in the hours and days following Dennis's disappearance. Some have suggested that his whistle may have been connected to Dennis's disappearance, although there is no concrete evidence to support this theory. Similar reports of strange noises and unexplained phenomena have been reported in other cases as well. 
In some instances, the bodies of missing people have been found in really confusing and inexplicable locations, like on a mountaintop or in a river that should have been impossible to access. Some victims have even been found with strange injuries, like missing clothing, missing shoes, or even missing organs. The first of these other disappearances is the disappearance of Keith Parkins. In October 1952, Keith was 32 and he was a minor. He went on a hike by himself in the Mount St. Helens area of Washington. He was a pretty experienced hiker. He'd made this trip many, many times before. However, when he failed to return, they organized a search party. And they tried and tried and really went to extensive efforts, but no trace of Parkins has ever been found. The search was hampered by some heavy snowfall and a lack of the proper equipment, but even after the snow melted, no signs of Parkins were ever discovered. Some people have speculated that he may have even been taken by a Bigfoot-like creature known as the Sasquatch, or even abducted by extraterrestrials. Who knows? For my book spotlight this week, I read the best book. It was called I Know Who You Are, How an Amateur DNA Sleuth Unmasked the Golden State Killer and Changed Crime Fighting Forever by Barbara Ray Venter. It was fascinating. Ray Venter talks about how she went from researching her own family's history as a retiree to how she came to hunt for a, known, for a notorious serial killer and how she also became one of the nation's leading authorities in the new technique of investigative genetic genealogy. She has a really great way of telling a story and also letting you know in know some of the scientific stuff without it being overly complicated. She talks all about how she was able to use DNA to uncover child abductees to um, other different kinds of killers all sorts of different kinds of cold cases. And so she tells us all about how she uses her unique perspective to analyze the data and how she goes through all different kinds of information like obituaries and marriage records and newspaper articles. And then she kind of lets you in on how she works with the um, law enforcement and, and how stuff works when finally the pieces of the puzzle tumble into place. And the best part of it all is that her point of view is all about how people can find themselves and how everyone deserves to have a name. I think that's really important with cold cases. And that's the one through line I've noticed with different kinds of investigators. They all just want these people to have, if they can't have justice, to at least have a name. And uh, she helps do both. So I recommend it. The book's called I Know Who You Are. How an Amateur DNA Sleuth Unmasked the Golden State Killer and Changed Crime Fighting Forever by Barbara Ray Venter. The second United States case is the disappearance of Stephen Kubaki, 
In February 1978, Stephen Kubaki, who was a 23-year-old man from Michigan, went on a snowmobiling trip with his friends. During the trip, he became separated from the group and disappeared. After a four-day search, he was found in a parking lot in Pittsfield, Massachusetts, nearly 700 miles away from where he went missing. He was confused and disoriented. And he claimed that he'd been abducted by a group of beings who took him to an underground facility in the Pacific Northwest. His story has, of course, been met with skepticism, and some people believe that he may have suffered from a mental breakdown or been involved in some kind of hoax, but no one has discovered the truth until now. The third case is the disappearance of George Albert Smith. In August of 1933, George Albert Smith, who was a resident of British Columbia, was on a fishing trip with his brother and a friend. During the trip, Smith somehow went missing, and a search party was organized to find him immediately. But no trace of him was ever discovered, and the official cause of his disappearance was listed as foul play. But some people have suggested that he may have been taken by a creature known as a kushtaka, which is said to be a shape-shifting otter that lures people to their doom. According to legend, kushtakas can take on human form and lure people away from safety. While there's no concrete evidence to support this theory, it remains a popular explanation for Smith's disappearance. Now, a postscript. I read a really interesting article in Smithsonian Magazine about the Dilatov mystery. Uh, they did a study in 2021, and <laughs> it was kind of funny. They had the help of a surprising source. They were inspired by the Disney film Frozen. One of the researchers trying to unravel this case was so impressed by the way that the movie talked about snow that he asked the creators of the movie to share their animation code with him. So they used this code and this tool, and they also got some tests that were conducted by General Motors in the 1970s that helped show what happened to human bodies when they were struck at different speeds. And then they were able to use that to show that there was a specific type of avalanche that caused heavy blocks of really solid and very stiff snow that could have stricken each of the campers' bodies at different speeds. And it would crush them, essentially, or uh, cause injuries that not are normally things you see with avalanches. So that's why they say that the few people who weren't as injured were able to drag out the people who were more injured. They really do believe that it was a slab avalanche uh, because of the snow friction and because the campers had cut a divot, basically a shelf, into the mountain to put their tent on. So that the slab avalanche is really what took them down, as well as a really freak accident with a fast, very fast funnel of air that was called a catabatic wind. So gravity and the fact that they had made a, a disturbance in the snow is what likely ended up killing them. Pretty interesting. I thought that that was a, a really great uh, explanation. It was really cool that scientists went back to to discover it. The article was written by Melon Sali, and I'll link it in the show notes, but that was my, my last piece of information about the Dilatov, and it's a 
really fascinating. I encourage you to go on YouTube. There's some photographs. I'll put some photographs on my website and on the um, Instagram page as well. But it's just incredible to think of what might have happened to them. And who knows? With the other cases, could have been supernaturally derived. Who knows? Interesting to think about, though. I appreciate you so much listening. Whether it's a natural phenomenon, a serial killer, a predator, we don't know. Something was causing those mysterious disappearances and deaths, particularly the ones in the United States. With no concrete evidence, the true causes of these cases is going to remain a mystery. And they all serve as a reminder of the strange and unexplained events that occur in our world. Thank you for listening. If you have any strange, unexplained, or bizarre cases, or know of any interesting crimes you'd like me to cover, please leave me an email or leave it on the show's website. And as always, the best way to support the show is to share with someone and to review us wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you very much. This is Mayhem Porium.